to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast brought to you by Worship Catalyst. We are here to help leaders learn how to do more with less. For more information or engage with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. Hey, welcome to the Worship Leader Essential podcast. This is Nicole hosting today. Uh, this is starting to be a trend. <laughs> trend that we are not going to keep. <laughs> we, we value creativity here and switching it up. Yes. So I will no longer be hosting after this. <laughs> but thank you for joining us for part two of our podcast on worship planning. Uh, last week, if you haven't heard it, I suggest you go check it out to get an understanding of kind of the process that we've taught churches throughout the last 12 years on worship planning, why we do it, and the maybe how to build a team and what to look for in teammates. Today, we're going to be very tactical and talk about what a meeting actually looks like. Um, so you've got your team gathered. You're in a very comfortable room with a lot of chocolate and yes. caffeine. Mm -hmm. and you Pretty much got it all. Yeah. You, you set, set aside a couple hours to discuss worship planning. Yeah. All right. So where do we go from here? So the way that we always start when we get together in a room uh, with our team is we start by uh, thinking of worship planning in two parts. Okay. The first part is under is understanding, um, understanding the crowd and understanding what it is that we're trying to say from a like biblical perspective. Right. So there's a lot of un like research kind of thoughts. And then the second part, after we figure that out is to really do the actual planning. So it kind of starts in, there's kind of two parts there. Got it. All right. So understanding, I've got your notes here that uh, the guide to worship planning, and we'll link to this in the show notes so that anybody listening can, can have access to this. But the first thing under understanding <laughs> says, um, what primary message from scripture does God want to reveal today? We will call this the big idea. So what's a, big idea and how is that different than a sermon? Well, I think that, so normally I think um, when, th with the pastors that we've worked with, a lot of times churches think of uh, when they start thinking about a church service, they start with the sermon. What is the sermon about today? You know, what are you preaching about today? And then the songs try to connect to that. And the, you know, the, um, if you have a video or a bumper, it connects to that. If you have, some sort of other, you know, creative expression or whatever, it connects to that <clears throat> so that the sermon really becomes the highlight of the day. But what we're trying to determine is not what does the sermon say? What we're trying to determine is what is, what does God want to say today? Like, what is the soundbite? What is the big thing from scripture that God is trying to communicate? And we put that in the middle of the circle. Okay. Instead of having the sermon as the central part, we put the big idea from scripture as the big idea, as the, as the central part. And then everything connects to it. The sermon is about that scripture, a scriptural big idea, whatever the idea is. The songs can be about that. If you have a spoken word, it can be about that. If you have a video, it can be about that. And it may seem like a little nuanced thing, and maybe that's not that big a deal of a difference. But it's a huge difference because it helps us to determine that everything that goes into that service not only connects to the big idea, but has an equally important role in, in speaking into it. Wow, that's kind of a game changer. 
And you're right. It's really nuanced. It's a really subtle shift if you think about it or just look at it, but mm-hmm. um, it definitely changes your entire perspective when you're planning a service. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So anyway, the first thing that we do when we are planning a service is that we're trying to basically determine what that is. Now that comes from the pastor normally, I would say, like where the pastor walks in the room and says, hey, or whoever the teacher is for that day. Um, hey, this is, I've been praying, I've been looking at scripture, and this is what I feel like God wants to say yeah, today. On that note, you know, a lot of people, one of their first hesitations with this whole thing is, well, I don't have things planned out for weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. I don't have the next six, you know, whatever in the, in the series. Well, we don't really require that in order to do the planning. We really just need something to jump off of, you know, like mm-hmm. the pastor has, um, a scripture reference. Um, he maybe he has three points already. Mm-hmm. Something to build off of, so that we can come up with what is that big idea potentially? What is it going to be? Yeah, love that. And sometimes the big idea is something as simple as you know. I really feel like God wants to say that we should love each other more. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's great. That's all the information we yeah. need to jump into this because we can always go back. We can yeah. always take some ideas and that early brainstorming go back to the pastor and that and that. Trans uh, action back and forth kind of happens um, organically the more you do this because so, yeah. you do have a tendency to get together, have some some planning going on, then go back and go, hey, how does this fit? Will this work? So there is a, definitely a back and forth there. Got it. Okay. So we um, have the big idea, mm-hmm. right? Not necessarily a whole sermon, but we have the big idea on our team. What other questions do you kind of ask or what other information do you need to know about this big idea? to get the understanding that, that the team needs. Definitely. I think that one of the questions that you would go to next would be that we, as a team, um, is how does this big idea tie in to, um, the meta story of scripture or history? So what background does the audience need to know before we jump into this topic? Mm -hmm. So it's good for the, for the group to discuss that. Then then the thing that comes to next is what are some assumptions that the people in the audience may uh, already hold about that topic, whether they're correct or incorrect. And it's good to talk about both sides of that because it may be that, uh, and, and and that's where it's really interesting. The people on your team having the different perspectives and the different ages and uh, uh, male, female, culturally, what are what are they think that the audience is saying, you know, or feeling about this topic? You know, if the topic is, what did you say a while ago, Austin? Uh, God. God wants us to love each other. God wants us to love each other. Mm-hmm. What do they think about that? Is everybody going to have the same thought about that? Right. And that's a really cool question because it's it's broad enough that it fits in any context. Like your your context of your church in the South is going to have a different answer than you know, in Vegas where we were. Yeah. The assumptions were radically different. Yeah. They, mostly n- assumptions were wrong. Wrong, wrong assumptions. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we did deal with the incorrect assumptions a lot. <laughs> but this question allows you to kind of dive into that and really understand that. That's cool. Yeah. And we also asked the question about the generational filters, you know, that the that people have or the background filters that people have and that sort of thing. Cause you know, love each other means something different to a 60 year old potentially than it does a 25 year old, you know, what, what, or somebody from a broken home versus somebody from a, you know, from a family that was together, um, uh, socioeconomic things, you know, ex- background experiences, stage of life, race, all those things determine how somebody views a particular topic. So we try to dig into that every week 
to try to really understand how people are looking at it. That's really good. So how long does the team typically spend on the understanding of the big idea? (laughs) That can take quite a while. And I would say sometimes that takes longer than the actual planning. Really? Some weeks. Because it really takes a while to dive down into the idea and the scripture and what is God saying? And, you know, sometimes that's us just opening the word up and reading it and spending time meditating over that as a group. Yeah. And one of the reasons that is, is because sometimes we work with, with a pastor or teaching people that don't really come with a very formed big idea. Mm-hmm. And so that becomes a collaborative effort sometimes. So number, we sometimes yeah. spend a really long time on number one. <laughs> but once you know your congregation, Cammie, wouldn't you say that like you can yes. blast through those first ones yeah. a lot quicker because you kind of know who they are. Definitely. I would say that's the case. It gets easier and easier. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. do you ever skip it if you know your congregation? No. Mm-hmm. I think one of the ones that we end up stopping a lot on though is, and we didn't talk about it a while ago, is what emotions does that big idea elicit? Because every topic's going to come with a different set of emotions and, you know, you're going to kind of have a feel for where your people are on those topics. And so I, I think that's one of the ones that. Yeah. That hit us one time uh, where we did it wrong, where we, um, uh, we were dealing, I can't remember what the topic exactly was. This is many years ago, but we were dealing with um, the topic of like divorce maybe, or pain or abuse. Maybe it was abuse or something like that. And a, we didn't match the service up to be mournful give people a space to grieve and things in the service itself. And B, we didn't give people an opportunity to what to do next if they were being yeah, those know, next steps. or whatever. Sometimes that's the, wow. the hard follow through. Yeah. So really having an understanding of all of these questions and the big idea um, sets you up completely for the planning phase mm-hmm. so that you know like, oh, this is going to be intense. We need to give space for people. And you can write that down and as a note, as you go through this, yeah, because it's going to directly affect the the whole process as far as the timing and the the layout and the flow of the actual service. Mm-hmm. All right, so so our team has a general understanding, uh, well, a deep understanding of the big idea, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> and the the context in which we're presenting it and stuff. Um, now let's move into the planning phase. Uh, what do you do after you've discussed it and kind of have a handle on it? You know, once you kind of have an idea of what you're going to focus on, and that is sometimes the hardest part is really deciding, because I mean, there is the big idea, but then sometimes there's an aspect of the big idea that you're going to really shoot your arrow towards. You know what I mean? Because maybe the big idea is as broad as God wants you to love each other. (laughs) Okay. But maybe there's a smaller aspect of that, that you're like, we're going to we're going to highlight that because it's a, and there's one of four reasons that we, there are one of four roles that we have in doing that in the planning. Um, One of them is we're, we as a creative planning team are going to help uh, people personalize or identify with the topic. So that would be somebody, that would be us trying to help people really connect personally with this idea. Okay. Secondly, we could help them debunk a myth. So it could be that we determined that whatever the topic was, whatever the big idea was, that it was just going to be super confusing and people are going to have a wrong idea about it. Um, I remember one time we did a service where the big idea was um, <clears throat> we're all the create, created by God, but we're not all children of God. And 
when we were going through the process, we realized that most people are not going to understand that we're not all children of God because that's culturally accepted that we're all God's children. And yet it's biblically absolutely incorrect. So the, the big idea was broader, but we're like, we're going to zero in on one little aspect of that big idea. And here's the aspect. We're going to zero in on the fact that we are adopted. And if we're adopted, then how could we be the children of God before adoption? Like, why would we need to be adopted if we're already the children of God? So that's what we decided to focus on. So sometimes it's to um, to help people personalize. Sometimes it's to debunk a myth. Sometimes it's to reinforce the big idea or a related topic. And we just want to like teach. Okay. We just want this to like, we want to drive this point home from scripture. Sometimes it's that. And then sometimes it's move people to action. Like our goal of the day is for people to go out and do something about what we're talking about. And sometimes it's two of those. It's never four of those though. It's like you're never going to be able to help people personalize and debunk a myth and reinforce a big idea and move people to action. I think that people try, I think we try to do that sometimes in sermons that kind of, you and know, then everything services. gets watered down at that point yeah. <laughs> and nothing stands out. Nothing's impactful. Absolutely. So if you can go into the rest of the planning process though, with an, with a really clear arrow pointed towards one of these four things, it's helpful. Yeah. I think after we get to that point and can kind of determine which of those goals that we have as a team, then becomes more of the putting pieces into place. So then you take kind of some things you're probably used to doing already, like, okay, what songs can we sing that are going to, you know, factor into that goal of reinforcing this big idea? What songs could potentially work there? And so, you know, that that's pretty self-explanatory. The next thing that we kind of walk through as a team is what other tools could we possibly use to accomplish our goal? And that's where your the creative hat has to really come on and come into play. I mean, there's storytelling, there's uh, panel discussions, Q&A, scripture reading, games, videos, um, onstage props. Maybe there's artwork in the room, testimonies, silence, believe it or not. Um, maybe group prayers or conversations or uh, questionnaires. There are so many different things I could go on and on about different tools that you could potentially have and use to make a service more creative and engage more people in that learning process. Um, Just off the top of your heads, what are some of the favorite things you can think of, examples you can think of, creative tools that you used in worship services in the past? You know, I think one of the most profound things that we have done over and over again is creative ways of presenting scripture. You know, whether that be a person with a memorized scripture, like really presenting it in a powerful way, or whether it may be a group of people that kind of popcorn the scripture out with a few added repeats and things like that to really bring out some particular part or, or putting verses in between verses of songs and and choruses and dead spots and things like that. Um, I, I, we've done that a bunch of times over the years. And I think that's like the the word of God is always going to work, yeah, you know? <laughs> so, definitely. so the more that you can, the more that you can highlight it in a creative and powerful way, I think that's been something that we've hit over and over again. Um, doing things like just experimenting with setting the seats up in a different position. You know, I know that everybody has that capability, but a lot of us are in um, situations where we're meeting in schools and we're setting up every week anyway. So thinking about how to change up just the environment those environmental changes make a big difference because all of a sudden, you know, someone's thinking, 
you know, what's going on and they're paying more attention. So that goes back to that learning factor. But once you do that, then, uh, I, I, you know, I think that people are on edge. They're like, okay, what's going on? What's going to happen now? So mm-hmm. thinking through those type of changes as well. Yeah. Are effective. We've used a lot of video, a lot of drama, things like that through the years, you know, just to, you know, we think of a, of some way of, you know, retelling what we're trying to say, but in a more modern setting, you mm-hmm. know, and probably a lot more video than actually on stage over the last few years. Um, you know, one of the things that one of the creatives that always sticks out in my head, whenever we talk about this topic, it's a very specific one. Do you guys remember Chains? Mm-hmm. That one literally comes to mind first every time. It was a it was a live action skit. It had music. It had video. It had lighting. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the service, people walked away with chains in their hands. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. I just remember that because it involved all of my senses. Yeah. Um, and I literally, I will never forget that. Do you remember service. how many years ago that was? That was a oh lot my gosh. Years ago. See, that's that's the point. That was probably yeah. 12 years ago. At, yeah. 11, 12 years yeah. ago. And I think that's the point, right? It's yeah. like when you ask somebody, um, we ask this question all the time and we do this for the, I talk about with theater. Has you ever been to a, a musical or a play or something? And people are like, yeah, well, tell me one you liked. Well, I liked whatever. Wicked. What'd you remember about it? I remember the... Uh, I don't remember a part of Wicked right now, but um, the, oh, at the end of the first act is what comes yeah. to my mind when they come when he the the big Alphabet's dress like and stuff, right? The dress yeah. goes all out, yeah. And um, but anyway, I'll ask people that, and and they'll remember something, and I'll say, "Oh, cool! I'm glad you remember that." And it was great detail. And I'll say, "How long ago was that that you saw that?" And a lot of times, uh, ten years or twenty two years or something like that, because. There are moments that like God gave you through something that was not a sermon or a song that connected with you and you remember it the rest of your life. And I'll link to, I think we have a video on YouTube of us doing that at a youth camp. Okay. I yeah. think I'll try and link to that in the show notes. Cool. That's good. All right. So we have, uh, our team is now spending some time like brainstorming different creative elements that we could use to, to reinforce or whatever the big idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's probably where we spend most of our, like th- that's the biggest chunk of time when you say Cami. Yeah. Out of the whole couple, let's yeah, say it's a couple I mean, that hours. Requires, that might be an hour. Yeah. Hour that requires minutes. not only coming up with the concept, but then you've got to lay it out. The logistics of it, of, you know, if it's a drama, who are the people involved? It's a video. Yeah. How, how tactical are you getting in this meeting? Like how, how um, detailed on these elements are you getting in this meeting? It's pretty much, I usually, I usually kind of take the lead on this and my goal is for people to have an action item coming out of that meeting to go do something. So like, uh, we're just, we're getting ready to do, uh, something where we're going to have two or three different testimonies, uh, on video. And so my, the action item was for somebody to go find the testimonies, go talk to several people and get stories that are useful for this particular topic. So then that person will come back a week later or something <clears throat> and then we'll then we'll talk about the next thing. So now how are we going to film it, you know, and all that kind of stuff. How does this lay out in the service order mm-hmm. and yeah. All right, so flow. yeah, we have the creative things. What what does our team do next? Yeah, so you take all those tools, whatever creative elements you've decided to to use and then you you've got to ask yourself what other element goes into the service, you know, just like you would normally in planning a service, you know, or the announcements offering um, communion, greetings, um, any of those things that have to happen on a weekly basis and that do, you've got to sit there and discuss, you know, where are these going to fit in context 
to what we've already just planned mm. and what we're going to plan? Um, and how does that lay out? That's really good in context and in like the tone, yeah. right? I guess. Because I mean, you still want to stay within like, hey, this is our big idea and we don't want to, everything still needs to flow together. That's very important. All right. So you talk about all the elements surrounding the big idea. And then what, what do you do after that? Then you put everything together. Like we always like to start our service with a blank sheet of paper. I realize that that's not everybody's reality because there's some sort of liturgy that they follow, you know, on a week to week basis. And so the idea, we're not trying to say to people <clears throat> who prefer, uh, prefer some sort of lit- liturgical um, process to not do that. We're just saying, how do you ha- make each part of the liturgy creative and interesting and memorable and teaching oriented and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we, we just start putting the pieces together. What makes the most sense on a flow basis? What makes the most sense on a, um, you know, from energy and all that kind of stuff and, uh, and logically. And a lot of times that is putting a sermon and uh, moving the sermon around or splitting the sermon up into two or three parts, you know, to where it's not quite so long uh, at one time, you know, and, and putting things in between it that would help to reinforce, give people a chance to, you know, process that part of it and then move on to the next and things like that. All right, cool. So, uh, last question I have is a timeline question. Cause, um, are you doing this the week of the service? I mean, how far out do you plan? What does the timeline look like for this sort of process? You know, in a really good case scenario, we're three weeks away from a live service that we start having this conversation. Um, I mean, it'd be great if it's six or 12 or yeah. whatever, but, but, <laughs> the three, the better, but, but th- three is about as good as we've ever been able to yeah. get. And, um, but I also realize a lot of worship leaders that we talk to don't have, um, that kind of, um, possibility because it's been really difficult to get big ideas, uh, to them earlier than <laughs> a few days or a day or something. Yeah. So, we understand. So um, do do the best you can with what you have. So if the best you can do is get it seven days in advance or five days in advance or whatever, do the best you can with what you have. And um, we've even said to worship leaders before, go through this process and you pick the big idea and just do the big idea based on around sermon, I'm um, around songs and let the sermon stand on its own one week just to start getting a feel for it and then engage the pastor in the pro, you know, if, 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 if you can't get the sermon quicker than, you know, a few days in advance, then this is going to be really hard. Mm-hmm. And so I would recommend, um, just do, do some stuff and then engage the pastor to, Hey, really, we want to make this a whole service thing. Can you, can we at least get a big idea two weeks out or something like that? Yeah. I think, you know, one last thing that makes me think when when you said that about the pastor, a lot of times people will ask us, should we have our pastor be involved in this team? You know, is that a yes or a no? And, you know, we've done it both ways. And I think it completely depends on the pastor and the way they're wired and what God's mm-hmm. wired them. Because we've had some that are like, hey, here's the big idea. Great. See ya. I'm out of here. Because there's no way they would have been able to sit through that process. They just wanted to get to an answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they they didn't like the process. And then there's others that they completely are engaged in that. And it actually helped them create um, what they were wanting to say. Even like they, It just brought a clarity to their message uh, that God had already given them. And so it can go either way. And you don't have to feel limited just because Maybe your pastor doesn't want to be a part of the process. It could still work. Cool. Uh, any last thoughts? Any Anything else you guys want to say? You know, the only thing I would say, Nicole, is I know that we don't talk about this a whole... In fact, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast before, but 
if you're listening to this and you would like some coaching on this on a more personal level related to your church and even do some evaluation stuff, we do have some mentoring opportunities for that. Uh, and so just reach out to um, Cami at worshipcatalyst.com, C-A-M-I at worshipcatalyst.com. And that will start the conversation uh, to kind of maybe get you engaged in um, some mentoring relationship with us. Or can you go to worshipcatalyst.com slash mentoring? Can you? You can now. Mentoring. Mentor or mentoring? Mentoring. Why not both? Worshipcatalyst.com slash mentoring. And uh, we'll talk about some ways that we can do that with you. Sounds good. Do you want to sign us off? Let's do it, man. Nicole is no longer the host of the Worship Leader Essentials (laughs) podcast. I am. Thanks for joining us as always. I hope this has been helpful in helping you do more with less because worship planning is free. And uh, it's going to make your services way, way, way better. So love you guys. Um, Join us on social. Go find us at uh, Worship Catalyst, either on Facebook or Instagram. And and, uh, subscribe to this podcast. And uh, I think you'll really like, it'll be really helpful for you to on Instagram to look at our two minutes on worship that happen every week on Thursdays. So check that out. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.